Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 51, part three in a crash course in happiness. It's August 5th, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, obviously podcaster. I also am a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, well-loved, and healthy, even when life is very painful and difficult. My disclaimer is that this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moskowitz. A Crash Course in Happiness, Part 3. So just to review, the definition of a crash course is one that teaches you a lot of facts in a short period of time, or it's one that is a rapid and intense course of study. So this is Part 3. If you haven't listened to Part 1 or Part 2, they're available to you. And basically, I'm pulling together the high points of topics and skills and abilities, habits and practices, attitudes and beliefs that will allow you to be happy, really happy, genuinely happy, really happy, genuinely happy, even when life is very difficult. So this could be overwhelming for some of you, especially if you tend towards negative thinking or or you're unhappy or bummed out a lot. And what I'm asking is that you set aside any feelings of overwhelm. Certainly, please don't beat yourself up and don't be thinking, oh, this is something else I'm not doing right, or oh, this is something else that's wrong with me. No, please don't do that. Because you can learn the skills, habits, attitudes, and practices and beliefs to be happy. It's just that we're not teaching people these things. If everybody knew the things and had the skills for happiness, we'd live in a very different world. But we don't live in that world. We live in the current world, which is filled with depression, anxiety, sadness, anger, resentment, all kinds of things. So what I'm asking you to li- is to listen to this podcast from this, from this vantage point. Oh, wow. Wow, I guess there's things I could learn. Oh, I guess there's things I could grow and develop because, yes... You want to be happy. Life is hard. Life has life challenges and there are traumas and traumatizing events and bad stuff happen. So I'm going to give you my car analogy because I love my car analogy. I use my car analogy in like a health and wellness speech or presentation. So, but it does apply to this. So if happiness is the car and you are, um, lacking some skills or abilities, then your car is only going to work when life is going well. So your car is only going to run on nice sunny days. So your car, if, if you're lacking happiness, skills, and abilities, and all the things I talk about, then your car really only runs and works when it's sun shining and, and rosy outside because that's when you have happiness, when life is going your way. And your car certainly is not going to work when it's snowing or pouring or hailing or really foggy 
because that's how you are. So you're the car and you want to be able to drive through life fully functioning. You want to be able to function and quite frankly, you can be happy even when you're dealing with something painful. So that's the car analogy. And I want you to be not only happy, but really able to function well in life because life is hard. And that's just not the norm for our society. That's just not the norm, but you know, you can have happiness. So listen to this podcast from curiosity, from a point of wonder, like, oh, I've had so many aha moments. Like when I learned that I overfunctioned in life, I was like, oh my gosh, wow, what does that mean? What does that look like? And then I went to work on it. So let's get going. Uh, so I'm going to talk about what am I covering in this podcast, part three. So I'm going to cover, just outline the topics that were included in part one and the topics included in part two, in case you haven't listened to those. And if you have, then it's a review for you. And in this podcast, I'm going to talk about dealing with your problems, learning time management skills, optimism versus negative thinking, post-traumatic growth, healing from trauma, dysfunctional families, toxic people and environments, committing to growth and development as a way of life, how psychology can help you with happiness, rational thinking versus irrational thinking or cognitive distortions, self-discipline and self-regulation, creating clear boundaries for yourself, dealing with low self-esteem, and learning to deal with change and change management. And then I'll give you some suggestions to put yourself on this road to happiness Uh, some takeaways and a call to action. So that's where we're going today. If you're new to my content, I hope you're going to visit my website where you can enter (laughs) to win a free copy of my self-help book. And my website is www.lisaalundy.com. I listen, I do what I love. I do things that make me happy. And apparently giving away free stuff really makes me happy. It definitely makes the people who win happy. So there's a win win there. So visit my website and register to win a book. Now my disclaimer is next and that's very important to me because what I want you to understand is you as a person should get your medical advice or your therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. I am not a licensed healthcare provider. I'm not a therapist. I'm not in the medical community. So that's where you should be getting your advice. And this is, and I'm not that. Next, if you happen to be really hopelessly depressed or feeling suicidal or thinking of harming yourself, I'm asking you to please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255 because quite frankly, we do have help available for you. People will help you and it's a process. I'm asking you to tell people, I'm asking you to talk about it, and I'm asking you to take advantage of the help that's available. So that's that. So what did I cover in part one in this crash course in happiness? If you haven't listened to it or even if you have, here's just a list of what I covered. I talked about reasons why people are unhappy, so reasons for unhappiness. I gave a happiness overview, the extraordinary benefits of happiness. I talked about the concept of generating your own happiness and the concept of flipping the switch on your emotions. 
integrity as a component of happiness, self-awareness, core values and beliefs, and then I gave suggestions for actions you can take to get on the road to happiness. What did I cover in part two? Well, if you haven't listened to part two, here's what I covered. Oh my gosh. The thing, first thing I covered was psychoneuroimmunology and happiness. And I am wildly excited about psychoneuroimmunology because that really validates what I'm saying. <clears throat> it's a science and that's in that podcast. I will also be talking, I think I'm going to do a podcast on psychoneuroimmunology and neuroplasticity of the brain because it's so exciting. The science is so exciting and really supports uh, what I talk about. And I think it's important for you to understand. So I covered psychoneuroimmunology and happiness, taking advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy, dealing with overwhelm, the miracle of gratitude, friends, being well-loved, trust and vulnerability, assertiveness, having a mission, a vision, a purpose, a roadmap, or even a bucket list, setting up a reward system, hobbying up for happiness, and dealing with what I call the difficult emotions, and then gave some suggestions. So that's what we've covered. Those are That's the territory so far. And, and it, this, again, being a crash course, I'm not diving deeply into any of them. Most of the subjects I've covered, I have a podcast on or have multiple podcasts on that will help you. So the first part in this part three is deal with your problems. Many people or some people minimize or deny that they have problems, and that's just not helpful. It is, however, one way that some people cope in life. So their coping strategy or their coping mechanism is to minimize or deny the existence of problems in their life. And that's not powerful, and it is definitely not helpful. So if you are having problems in life, any kind of problem, it's important that you acknowledge it and you begin to deal with it. So make a list of your problems or your issues or whatever, and then start taking actions to deal with them. Because that will definitely help you be happy. Listen, I help people with their problems in life coaching all the time. That's what life coaching is. Like people bump up against stuff, they get stuck, they have problems, and they don't know what to do. And I'm telling you, I promise you, there is not a person I've ever worked with that didn't start to deal with their problems, recognize them, and begin to deal with them, and they weren't immediately happier. Because that's one of the parts of being happy, is dealing with your stuff. The second part or suggestion in this road to happiness is to learn time management skills. Now, people frequently tell me in life coaching and in life, not just life coaching, that they just don't have enough time. They don't have time to make a list. They don't have time to get organized. They don't have time to go do this. They don't have time to do that. So not having enough time is one of the most common excuses people use for not doing X, Y, or Z. I mean, it's, it's just very common. But here's the rub. Every human being has 24 hours in a day times seven days a week or an equivalent of 168 hours available to them. Well, if you worked 68 hours a week, you'd still have 100 hours left over for sleeping, eating, and doing your stuff. What I find is that most people aren't really awake and aware to where their time goes. And because of all the other stuff I've covered in part one and part two, and we're going to cover in this part three of the Crash Course in Happiness, as you become more self-aware and you begin to grow skills and abilities, particularly emotional abilities, uh, 
you become more cognizant of the choices you're making and how you're using your time. And by the way, learning uh, good time management skills and employing them is really helpful to the executive functioning of your brain, which is very powerful and very helpful. So I have uh, at least two podcasts that will help you to begin to learn and, and use time management skills, but that's going to help you be happier. It's going to help you feel more powerful. It's going to help you have free time. It's going to help you in happiness. And that's what this crash course is about. So learn some time management skills or start using the ones you have if you already have them. The next piece is optimism versus negative thinking. And I know that there are people who are going to be listening to this podcast who have a lifetime or a lifetime up to this point of being a negative thinker. And that's okay. You can continue to think negatively. You can continue to be a negative thinker. What I want you to recognize, however, is the research is very clear and very compelling that negative thinking is bad for your mental health and it's bad for your physical health. So the key science that supports optimism or being optimistic is the self-fulfilling prophecy and this new psychoneuroimmunology science, although there are other pieces of science that support it. So you can learn how to be more positive or more optimistic in your thinking and how you live life. You can. That's the operative word. You can. You can actually do almost anything you put your mind to. You can. The question is, are you willing and are you going to do it? And my podcast on the power of optimism will help you. But negative thinking means you're using the self-defeating prophecy. It means you're you're allowing uh, your thoughts and behaviors to be permissive for disease, viruses, and all kinds of um, chronic illnesses. So, you know, you want to get on the road to optimism if you want to be genuinely happy no matter what happens. The next thing is a piece of science that I, you get the feeling. I love science. Well, I love science that I can use to make my life better because I'm all about having happiness. I'm all about having an easier or better life. So this top, top, next topic is called post-traumatic growth, which I find so amazing and I love it. And what post-traumatic growth research has proven is that having a painful life event or a painful life challenge can be the springboard for you having uh, a better life, you becoming a better version of yourself and having a more rewarding and fulfilling life. So that's what we know from the research. You, you can have a painful, that could be the death of someone, it could be a, a traumatic loss, it could be a lot of things, um, usually involving, you know, sadness and grief or bereavement, but you can have that be a springboard for a whole new life for yourself and a better version of yourself and having life become more rewarding and, and, and enjoyable. Now, before I knew about the concept and the science of post-traumatic growth, I used to say, well, you want to use pain to your advantage because that's what, that's what I did and that's what I've done and that's what I've helped people do. But I didn't know the term post-traumatic growth. Now, in society, we kind of have hinted at that forever in the phrase. You've probably heard the phrase, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. 
Well, that hints towards post-traumatic growth than research because taking lemons, which we attribute, you know, if you say, oh, I got a lemon, my car's a lemon, or, you know, my job has turned out to be a real lemon, or blah, 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 that's usually used in a negative sense or like a bad sense. So, but when you're taking lemons and making lemonade, most people like lemonade. So there's been always been a hint of that uh, in society in that, in that vernacular, in that phrase. So you want to use anything painful to become a better version of yourself and have life be more rewarding and rich because what else would you want to do with something painful? Wallow in the pain and have it make you turn out to be a worse version of yourself? No, that's not what you want. That's not for that's not for my people and you're my people if you're listening to this podcast. So we want you to have a better, happier life. So post-traumatic growth. And you can look it up. It's very it's very, very interesting. All right, so healing from trauma is the next piece on the road to happiness in this crash course. So there's most people have been through a trauma or multiple traumas, and they might not even be aware of it because we're not talking about trauma, traumas, and traumatic events in our regular conversations with people. It's just not something we typically talk about. So you can heal from any trauma or multiple traumas or a traumatic event. You can, and I have a podcast on that. And actually, all of the steps and suggestions in this crash course in happiness will help you on the healing journey, whether you're healing from a trauma or something else. Or you can just be the victim of the trauma. I mean, you can go around being the victim of something bad because that's what some people do. And quite frankly, some people are attached to that. Like in life coaching, sometimes we have to, you know, kind of dissect things. And some people have to go through a little, you know, uncomfortable moment where they realize, yeah, they kind of get a few benefits out of being the victim or the martyr. But you don't have to be the victim or the martyr of anything bad or of a trauma. You don't have to be. And as we just covered, I just covered in post-traumatic growth, you can use a trauma as a springboard to, to become a better version of yourself and have a more fulfilling, fulfilling and rewarding life. So if you've had a trauma or traumas or a traumatic experience, then you want to make a commitment that you're going to heal from that and get in action because you can. The next item on here for this crash course in happiness is dysfunctional families, toxic people and environments. I have to tell you that, you know, dysfunctional families, the toxic people and toxic environments are one big source of trauma and traumatic events. According to the research, dysfunctional families, at least in America, represent or account for between 70 to 96% of American families. So it's very, very common. So if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, and we're not talking about that, generally speaking, in society, you wouldn't know, per se, necessarily, that you grew up in a dysfunctional family. So you wouldn't even recognize that patterns you learned as a child or as a young person were unhealthy or really damaging. You just wouldn't know that. So the power for you is to work on yourself and grow and develop because, and to learn how to deal with dysfunctional families because guess what? Here's the only bad news in this part. 
if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, I can almost guarantee you, I can almost promise you with certainty that your family is still dysfunctional. It's very likely, almost predictable, that as an adult, your family is still operating in the dysfunctional pattern of your childhood. And so it's really powerful for you to grow and develop and to learn how to deal with dysfunctional families, toxic people, and toxic environments. Now, let's say your family got totally healed. Woohoo! Well, that would be a miracle for sure. But let's say that happened, well, you still want to have this skill and ability because there's plenty of toxic people and toxic environments out in the world. It's not limited to your family. So even if your family didn't heal miraculously and you estranged yourself from your family, this is still something, a skill set that's helpful if you want to be genuinely happy in life because it's powerful. My next piece is to commit to growth and development as a way of life. Well, I'm hoping that, because this is part three, that it's becoming clearer and clearer to you that growth and development has all the goodies for you. Growth and development is the access to love. It is the access to happiness, access to healing, access to skills and abilities. It is the place to be, in my opinion, and I'm committed to it for a lifetime. I've had a lifetime. I've had a lifetime of growth and development. I'm 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 grateful to say. And you want to make growth and development fun. Like, listen, I did a podcast about being more, having more fun and playing your life. And you know, when I found out, oh, I I um I I tend to overfunction in my relationships with people instead of being like. Oh, woe is me. That's terrible. I was like, huh, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's, oh, let's take that on. Let's keep going on that. And I've made a lot of progress. I still have a tendency or a thrown way of being to overfunction, but boy, oh boy, having taken that on, I am made like a thousand percent progress in that. So, you know, you want to be on this delicious journey of growth and development. You don't want to have anything you learn about yourself be traumatic or bad because it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to learn new things. It's an opportunity to add more happiness into your life. So I hope you'll make growing and developing yourself as a person a way of life because that is going to be very powerful to have happiness present in your life. The next piece uh, is to understand how psychology can help you with happiness. I am a diehard fan of having life be happy and easy. I'm also thoroughly schooled that life is hard. I mean, I have tremendous hardships in my life and life challenges right now but I've always had that that's that's the way my life has been but my life has always been happy as well because I know how to deal with painful things so I wanted to just so I have a whole podcast on a psychology terms I think everyone should know and I probably need to do part two of that because there's a few more and so you can listen to that but I just wanted to give you in this little crash course some examples because if you're not familiar with psychology, you wouldn't have any understanding of how powerful it is 
in with respect to happiness. Everything I'm talking about is how to add to your happiness, how to be happier in life. So here's some examples. So let's say you tell someone in your life that you are feeling hurt, excluded, or upset over X, Y, or Z that they said or did, and their response is to cut you out of their life. Okay, I'm telling you that happens, people, and maybe it's happened to you, and I hope it hasn't happened to you, but it does happen. So if you knew about a little bit about psychology, and you knew that this person had a tendency to frequently feel hurt themselves by others, then you might, knowing a little bit about psychology, understand that, that they're cutting you out of their life is a defense mechanism because it's too painful for them to be able to acknowledge that they themselves engaged in hurtful or exclusionary or whatever behavior. So, you know, people have defense mechanisms and then they often project. So that's helpful because it can help you have compassion and it can help you not take things personally because most things aren't as personal as you think. Now, some things are very personal, but you don't have to take it personally. So another example would be if you were, you know, harshly judged or criticized or condemned. And knowing the psychology about that, which I cover in my critic being criticized, judged, or condemned podcast, is is helpful because it's not their reaction is subconscious and unconscious for the most part and has little to nothing to do with you, although it comes out as an attack on you. Some other examples are gaslighting, if you understand that, that's very helpful, or scapegoating or being the scapegoat. You know, these are very powerful things because they help you make sense of other people's behaviors, their reactions to you, and help you make sense of the world. So psychology can help you be happier because when someone's behavior is is hurtful to you or off, and you understand enough psychology to make sense of it, that doesn't mean you're going to say, oh, ho, I just accept this behavior. I'm not that has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about it's helpful in terms of your happiness. So I hope you'll think about putting a little psychology knowledge in your toolbox. This is we're talking about. What are the tools you need to be happy? And I think you'll find that podcast a little engaging because it's the most common psychology elements I think people should know starting out. The next piece is rational thinking versus irrational thinking. We don't talk about this in society very much, if at all, and rational thinking is a big part of happiness, I assert. I assert that people who are not rational or who use irrational thinking, A, that's very unhealthy and not helpful, but B, have more difficulties with happiness. Because irrational thinking is kind of like a false map of the world. And and it's, I have a list of, I think it's 17 or 19 cognitive distortions. So if you have a cognitive distortion in life, and I'm going to give you two examples, then you're not thinking rationally. And that is going to color and shape everything in your life without you knowing it. Because you know, if you don't know it, you don't know it. So on the road to happiness, you want to become self-aware. And if you have a cognitive distortion, deal with it. So for example, one, I don't know how common it is. I'd love to know, but I don't know what the research says about this. But one common 
cognitive distortion is, is called emotional reasoning or emotional people who do it are emotional reasoners. So if you're having a conversation with someone and they say, oh no, I have high emotional intelligence. I am really great with my emotions. Well, first of all, it's possible that they have high emotional intelligence, but I'm going to tell you in all earnestness, it's probably not that likely because we don't have that many people in the world at this point who have really high emotional intelligence. What emotional reasoners, the reason they're saying that is because they actually use their emotions all the time, but they use emotions to reason with. So they use their emotions as facts. And emotions are emotions. They're not facts and emotions shouldn't be used as facts to reason with. And so it's very difficult to have, you can't have a rational conversation with someone who's rational. And I had to learn, <laughs> I had to learn that a long time ago. But the reality is, you can't have a rational conversation with someone who is irrational and someone who is an emotional reasoner who believes that they're really good with their emotions and have really high emotional intelligence. It's not the case. Um, they're not rational. It's a cognitive distortion. Another very common cognitive distortion go is, is called I'm always right. So if you know someone who's, who, always has to be right, always thinks they're right, you know, that might be, they might have a, co a cognitive distortion called, I'm always right. And that's not rational. Because of course, who, who, ever, who is ever always right? Nobody is always ever right. That's just a fallacy and, uh, and irrational. It's sort of rational to think that you're always right. So to be happy in life and to have a really great life, you really need to have rational thinking. And hopefully you're going to get on this delicious journey of happiness. And so if you discover, oh, I have the cognitive distortion, I'm always right. Good, then you can deal with it. Because anything you figure out about yourself or learn about yourself doesn't have to be bad news. I mean, you can have it be, oh, so bad. Or you can just put it on your list and deal with it. Because there's a way to, because of neuroplasticity of the brain, you can deal with anything. The next piece I suggest is self-discipline and self-regulation. Now, self-discipline and self-regulation are two distinctly separate things, although they sound a little bit similar. And so if you know that you are not very self-disciplined, then that's something to put on your list because it's really very, very helpful to be self-disciplined. And some of the earlier pieces that I talked about in part one or part two will be helpful, like integrity. That's helpful in boosting your self-discipline skills. And the emotional intelligence uh, I talked about in the previous pieces, part one and part two, will help you with self-regulation. So you want to be happy and you want to have this amazing life. And so if you're low in self-discipline or you don't have a high amount of self-regulation, that's just something you want to, that's just two skill sets you can grow and develop. And of course, I hope you're going to have fun doing it because I'm a big fan of that. Like you, there's a way to make almost anything fun and amazing, almost anything. Next, I suggest you create clear boundaries for yourself. Now, many people don't know what I mean when I talk about boundaries, because guess what? We are not talking about boundaries out in the real world every day. 
we probably should be, and we should be talking about all the stuff I talk about, because it's what will make you happy. We want, Don't we want a society and a world where people are more happy than not? Well, I hope that's what we want. That's what I want. That's what, that's what I'm shooting for, is helping more people be happy. So boundaries are limits. They are places, lines that you won't cross, and they apply to all different parts of life. So you can have emotional boundaries, physical boundaries, environmental boundaries, etc. And they are boundaries are informed. They are informed by your core values and beliefs, something that I talked about in part one. So it's helpful to know what your core values and, and beliefs are because they actually inform your boundaries. So, for example, you know, one reason people are unhappy is because they lack boundaries or their boundaries are meshed with other people. So boundaries can help you be very healthy and absolutely contribute to your happiness. And the clearer you are about your boundaries, that's very freeing, too. I talked about, you know, I don't associate with people who are committing adultery or having affairs or cheating or lying because one of my core values is love, kindness, compassion, and not being mean or hurtful to other people. And of course, affairs, lying, cheating, stealing, those are hurtful to other people. So why would I want that in my life? No, I don't want that. There's no part of for that in my life, given the clarity I have on my core values and beliefs. And you can think, well, how arrogant or righteous or judgmental are you? Well, yeah, I am those things at times. But what I know is I know myself and I know it's it's too painful for me to associate with people who are causing other people harm intentionally. It's too painful for me. I can't deal with that level of pain. So that's not where I don't go there. And that's powerful because it, it gives me, you know, it c contributes to my happiness to stay away from stuff that makes me unhappy. Next, so get your boundaries. If you don't have boundaries and you don't know what I'm talking about, put that on your list. And you can explore and you can have fun. And you can go back and listen to part one where I talk about, you know, beliefs and core values. And it's actually very, very helpful to know your core values and beliefs in all areas of life. But you definitely want to have boundaries. Next, I suggest that you deal with any low self-esteem. So low self-esteem is pervasive in the world. I mean pervasive. According to the research, low self-esteem affects approximately 85% of the population. Low self-esteem doesn't feel good. And low self-esteem can cause you problems and issues in life simply because you don't feel good about yourself. So here's the good news. You can actually grow and build your self-esteem. You're not stuck with low self-esteem. I don't care what age you are now or how old you are, or how young you are, or what your life has been like. If you know you have low self-esteem, you are not stuck with that by any means. And we know that from neuroplasticity of the brain. You can rewire your brain. So if low self-esteem is one of your issues, just deal with it. And hint, hint, all of my podcasts, videos, and materials will help you with that. And, it's, and all my stuff is free. 
So the next suggest, sh suggestion for happiness in this crash course is to learn to deal with and manage change. Most people run from change. Most people cower and just avoid it and resist it and, you know, will do all kinds of things to not have to change or not to have change in their life. That's just very normal and very typical and, and that's okay. The issue is that life isn't static. People aren't static, life's not static, and change is a part of life. Whether we like it or not, change is inevitable. It's just inevitable. And, and of course, the biggest where, where we see this right now is one of the biggest issues and reasons people are so unhappy. One of them, one of many. But one of them is because we had a major pandemic and everything changed. And because people aren't good with change and they don't have a lot of skills with, you know, dealing with change and managing change, it caused a lot of depression, anxiety, sadness, you know, some anger and resentment. And it's, it's terrible. However, the good news is that you can learn skills and abilities to help you navigate change. You can. And I actually, doing a podcast on change and dealing and managing uh, with change is on my list of podcasts to do. It's on my short list. It's actually, I have a long list, but it's, it's kind of towards the top of the list. So I will have a podcast coming out about that. But right now, as you're listening to this podcast, just ask yourself, like, how am I with change? Like, do I flee from it? Do I run from it? Do I do I do everything I can to avoid change? Because that's helpful. Because then at least you know where you are. You're you're someone who avoids change at all costs. And listen, from coaching people as long as I have, I have had people say right off the gut, right off the bat, oh, I hate change. I don't I don't deal with change. I, I can't deal with change. So if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. Don't make it be wrong. But you could put on your list because it's going to be helpful because hopefully you're listening to the happiness crash course because you want to be happy. So understanding how you're organized is the beginning of self-awareness and being able to deal with and manage change is wildly helpful for happiness because you can't control the world. You can't control other people. You can't control certain events and things. So being able to navigate change is very helpful in terms of your happiness. So those are the pieces we're adding in part three. There's not going to be a part four, although I could probably go on and on. Uh, those are the high points that I've covered in part one, part two, and part three. So I want to just go through suggestions for getting on this road. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to review the suggestions I made in part one and then in part two, and then we're going to add to it. Unless you think, oh, this is absolute insanity. Nobody does all this stuff. I hate to break it to you. Yes, there are people who do all this stuff. And if you want to be really functional in life, happy, healthy, well-loved, and be able to move through life where a life challenge or a big problem or a traumatic event doesn't take you out of the game of life, these are some of the things that you actually want to have. And of course, you want to have them just because you want to be happy. So in the first part, my suggestions were self-care and self-compassion. Start doing things that make you happy. 
becoming self-aware, start dreaming, create a team. Okay, I'm a big fan of creating a team. So let me just say, you want to be happy in life. So make a little team, make it fun, come up with a name, you know, name your team. You can even do outfits, <laughs> yeah. have events, have parties, have prizes, and start talking about this stuff because you can all support each other and you could make it wildly fun. You could make it one of the funnest things that's ever happened in your life. And I know because I've made things that should not be fun, fun. For example, safety party, had a safety party for my stepkids with prizes and games, and they learned really critical, very serious stuff in a fun environment and still, you know, remembered it a long time afterwards. So make this fun. Create a team. Make it fun and playful. Learn how to flip the switch on your emotions. Identify your core beliefs and values. Pay attention, meaning grow your integrity and your character. And uh, you want to learn the concept of generating your own happiness, take on emotions as your superpower, and then start acting like today matters. So that were the, those were the suggestions for part one. In part two, what I added was understanding that psychoneuroimmunology means that your emotions, behavior, thoughts impact your health and provide obvious motivation for being happy, taking advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy, dealing with overwhelm once and for all, to be all in for being well-loved and happiness, dealing with trust, vulnerability, or overwhelm issues, practicing gratitude, learning assertiveness, making friends or spending time with friends, being up to something in life, setting up a personal reward system, hobbying up for happiness, and learning to deal with what I call the difficult emotions. So those were the steps from part one and part two. Now for this, for the third part, what, we're, what I'm adding is some other suggestions. So number one, deal with your problems. Number two, start learning time management skills and use them. Start becoming more optimistic Use post-traumatic growth for any difficulties, traumas, or problems. Start building some skills for dealing with dysfunctional families, dysfunctional people, toxic people, and environments. Commit to growth and development as a way of life because it's fun and it will make your life easier. Learn some basic psychology. Make sure you're using rational thinking in your life. Grow self-discipline and self-regulation, if that's called for. Create clear boundaries for yourself if you don't have them. And deal with low self-esteem if that's one of your issues. And lastly, learn to deal with and manage change. So that's a lot of things all involved in happiness. But guess what? It's all the things that are involved in being highly functional in life. And you want to be functional. Oh, wait, you don't want to be functional? You want to lay on the couch for three days or a week because something bad happened? No, you want to be functional. You want to be able to deal with life as it is and, ha and have happiness. So here's your takeaways. Number one, you can have happiness in life even if you're dealing with something very difficult or traumatic. Number two, you can learn habits, practices, attitudes and beliefs to make your life beautiful every day, hardship or no hardship. 
And takeaway number three, happiness is not just for other people. Happiness is for you and happiness is available to you if you're willing to take the actions. So here's my call to action. It's time to start getting into action to be happy. Number two, it's time to realize you could get a group of people and make this like the wildest leaf more fun than you've had in a long time and grow and develop with your team having events and prizes. And lastly, share this podcast on social media or with your friends and family or coworkers because you want them to be happy and it's going to be powerful for you to take them with you. Okay, that's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 51, part three of the Crash Course in Happiness. I hope you're going to take some actions to get on the road to happiness because that's where it's at and it makes life more fun and, and easier. You can connect with me at my website at www.lisaalundy.com where I hope you'll enter my giveaway to possibly win a book. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button so you get the new ones automatically. That's all for now. Please take care. Please hang in there. Love you.